We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just for that me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. All right, welcome to an all-new episode of Come On Down, the game show podcast that is filmed right here in Dallas. That's correct. And the only podcast hosted by two fully vaccinated people. Do you think we're the only podcast that that has two? What about like podcasts by um, old people? Like Dr. Fauci's podcast? Dr. Fauci's podcast. Have you listened to it, by the way? He's got a new episode on the um, uh, the uh, serial killer. <laughs> God, I struggled really. Coronavirus is <laughs> really a serial big... killer to him? Yeah, he, he considers uh, the coronavirus killer. Got uh, it. It's a big serial killer. Thing. I like it. Anyway, welcome to an all-new episode. Today, oh boy, have we got a treat for me. And children. And children. Uh, so kids who are listening along, you're going to learn some new words today. Um, yep. But also, you're going to hear about a game show called Nick Arcade. And the Nick is short for Nickelodeon. Thank you for clarifying that. I, I didn't know that. I searched Nick Arcade and multiple Nickelodeon arcades showed up. And I didn't know if this was the correct game or not. I deduced using deduction. Kids, that is your first word of the day. Deduction. I deduced. That this was the correct game show. <laughs> Great work. Thanks. And what was the word that you're going to bring to the kids today? Motherfucker. <sighs> Spoiler alert, this is another NC-17 podcast. Anyway, uh, before we hop too far into Nick Arcade, we've got a sponsor, I believe, that you just sent over hey, to me. You struggled to send over to me. Let's put a pause on Nick Arcade. And let's get into the pauses. Oh, like, game yeah, like, show a, like a video game. Yeah. yeah, got it. All right. So I will. It looks like it's my line first, like always. All right. Today's sponsor, Kraft Haynes, hails from BC, Canada, province of the Wake and Bake. As a kid, you always feel like adults get to do all the cool things: drive, bedroom wrestling, ice cream for breakfast. Well, now one of the cool adult things makes its way into your child's lunchbox. Lunchies. A lunchie has all the ingredients of a great tasting lunch, which includes 17 chips, three Reese's pieces, a fruit roll up, one hot dog, a piece of bread, three spoonfuls of peanut butter, orange juice, high C, a Pop Tart sandwich, which is when you place jelly between two Pop Tarts, a breakfast burrito, and chocolate milk. Just give your kid the packaged 10 milligram edible gummy that each lunchie meal comes with when you drop them off at school, and that lunchie is going to taste like absolute heaven to your kid. Come on down, listeners. Get the ultimate lunchy package free for the first month, which includes double the amount of food and a 35-milligram edible. Holy shit. Use the code LUNCHYONDOWN at checkout to receive this awesome offer. Lunchies. Give your kid a taste of adulthood for lunch. Ooh. Edible is another term the kids are going to learn today. Yes, that is our third term today. Yeah. 35 milligrams is another term I would not recommend. uh, You wouldn't? For... For a moderate to new 
edible user, edible user I would not recommend 35 milligrams. Yeah. I would, because if you okay. can't take 35 milligrams, you're a bitch. How much can you take? Well, I five is a good okay. starting yeah, okay. point. And then from there, here's what I do. Um, allegedly, uh, I would take five. If I were to do edibles, right. I would take five milligrams and tell myself in an hour and a half, I'll I will do. decide if I want to do more. Right. And then I must sleep at that point. So <laughs> <laughs> I just allegedly never take more than Got the it. initial five. Got it. So you're a pussy. Um, it, which it, is another word. It's another kids. word. <laughs> All right, today we, as we mentioned, are going to talk about a children's game show from the year 1992. Man, good year. Nick Arcade. What are some other things from that year that you remember that make it a good year for you? I mean, clearly it was the a leap year starting on Wednesday of the Gregorian calendar. Oh, wow. Did you just pull up the 1992 Wikipedia page? No. Um, Jan- January 13th was my favorite date. And that's that? because that's when Japan apologized for forcing Korean women into sexual slavery during <laughs> World War II. <laughs> it, took a, yeah, it takes a big man to admit that. After, oh, my God. After, uh, after 47 years. <laughs> yeah. It takes, Holy it takes a crap. big man to... That was, that was literally the first thing I saw. Wow. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for Woody Allen's apology in 2064. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be something like, here's the apology that really, I think, irks people is when, and you actually taught me this, it's when you apologize that somebody felt a certain way. So you don't have to actually apologize. Did I teach apologize. you that by example? That's when, I think you told me that. Yeah. But that's when you apologize but not really. Right. Your ego still gets to be like, I'm, I won this situation right. by not having to show vulnerability, uh-huh. but you still, hopefully if you're dumb enough, think that I have apologized for the actions that I took or the words that I said. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you can't apologize for how you make somebody else feel. You have to apologize for your actual actions. Yeah. And I've learned that. You the, don't have to, but that's the healthier true. route. I've learned that um, the hard way. <laughs> by what, doing it over and over? Repeatedly. <laughs> To this day, for, I don't know, dozens of years. Sure. No, I remember, I hope I haven't shared this story on here before. Uh, this is a, this is a good lesson for you kids. Um, there was a time in, in college, mm-hmm. I had a, a girlfriend and we had a sometimes volatile relationship. Heavy emphasis on these sometimes. Okay. And I remember there was one evening we were on the phone and arguing about something. I can't remember what. I just remember being yelled at. And I said something along the lines of... Mm-hmm. And kids, here's a lesson. Don't ever say anything like this. Yeah. Something along the lines of... You're being such a dumb bitch right now. That's not funny. I don't know why you're laughing. That's kind of funny. It was very awful for me to say. You're right. Right. Obviously. Agreed. And then... Uh, I believe you overheard this. You were you were near me at the time. Well, it didn't really matter if I was near you or not because we lived in a 400 square foot apartment <laughs> and okay. everything was sure. audible in every corner. Sure. So I then, uh, after cooling down a little bit, you know, called back and after reflecting and realizing that that was uh, a wrong thing for me to say. Right. And so instead of, uh, I, d- I did the right thing in that I didn't apologize for upsetting her by saying that what i did say was i'm sorry for calling you a bitch 
And her response was, a what, bitch? <laughs> she was more upset that I called her a dumb bitch than a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. So then I had to uh, say, I'm sorry for calling you a dumb bitch. What was your initial response when she said that? Were you just like still in apology mode or were you like, what? <laughs> I think I think I was uh, I was more like scared. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably yeah, yeah. the best term terminology sure. I can use. And there. that takes a big man to admit. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I agree. I mean, the most scared I've ever been is, um, you know when women are yelling because you know you've really really messed up so yeah uh, always give proper apologies give full full proper and apologies. proper apologies there's a lesson for you kids so nick arcade <laughs> sup- what you like you don't I like just, that segue <laughs> so it was smooth i thought nick arcade yeah. which is not a stupid bitch <laughs> was <laughs> dumb bitch which is <laughs> <laughs> So sorry. I'm uh, so sorry. So Nick Arcade, it, it this is another one of these shows, and I think we've talked about this with other children's game shows that we've discussed before. As a child, this is a show that I thought, you know, was on for four or five years. <laughs> because it was on the TV for four or five years. Okay. But it only aired new episodes during the year 1992. That's it. There were 84 episodes. Every single one of them aired in 1992. And... It was on the Nickelodeon network. I don't know if you were surprised by that. You Not were, obviously. Not at all. At first. I mean, at first I was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was expecting us to show up in this cool kid's arcade in his home, and his name's Nick, and you like, <laughs> for some reason... Nick's arcade is what you thought it was? <laughs> you're going you through You thought he forgot the possessive? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that's the name. Hi, welcome to John House. <laughs> I'm sorry, you introduce people as welcome to John's house? No, I said Welcome John's house. to John's house. Um, so it was on Nickelodeon. It was on Nickelodeon. Thank you. Thank you for getting me back on track mm-hmm. here. 84 episodes all aired in 1992. It was hosted by a guy named Phil Moore. 84 episodes? That was more than one a week? Yes. This was like, uh, I think it was probably four to five a week for the weeks that it aired. Okay. Like many of the daytime game shows oh, of right. the seventies, eighties, nineties era. Okay. Or Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, Price is Right now in our kind of post game show heyday. Mm-hmm. So it was hosted by Phil Moore, who was he was previously like some sort of computer not Bill guy. Moore. Not Bill Moore. Right. Who's and Bill I, Moore? And I knew that. Oh, is that is that what his name was in your notes? The episode that I watched, <laughs> okay. really hard to tell. Okay. Audio quality in the '90s apparently is not great. Okay, so Fillmore, he was a uh, he was formerly some sort of computer technician, programmer type of guy. I don't know. He was associated with computers. Okay, in his career in the late '80s, he then decided to he wanted to be a stand-up comedian, so he started doing stand-up comedy. In and around the Orlando area, mm-hmm. which is where he lived, right. Uh, that led to kind of his first big break, which was as uh, the warm-up comic for the TV game show Remote Control. Which there we are covered so here. many parallels between Nick Arcade and Remote Control. So this this <laughs> makes sense. There are many parallels that we'll get into uh, between the way the two game shows work. That uh, aside from the fact that they aired 
in generally the same time period, late 80s, early 90s. Right. Uh, but the gameplay had, had some similarities as well. Yes. So Fillmore was brought on to host this show. And the way the show works is there are two teams of two kids. Four people total. Five if you include You're not Fillmore. the only one that can do math. <laughs> wow. You did that in your head just now? Yes. Okay. So two teams of two kids... And it starts with a video game face-off. So there, Whoa. one member of each team goes up to this arcade machine, and they've got 30 seconds to see who can score the most points. Sweet. And so there and were... And this is going to be like a recognizable game that everybody's played. It's no, a... no. No, wrong. It's a, it's a really crappy-looking game that is... Very confusing to follow. Like, there were a few episodes I saw where it, it was a game that looked sort of like Asteroids or okay. Missile Command a little bit. And that there were big rocks and each person had a gun and they were trying to shoot the uh, the rocks. And you got points for hitting as many rocks or if a spaceship came in or something like that. Okay. Maybe that was worth more points. However, there were such issues as... I can't really tell whose bullet is whose because they were the same exact color and looked the same. Mm -hmm. There was like a big travel time between them aiming at the thing and pressing fire and the projectile actually arriving there. <laughs> so like I could see the crosshairs that were individually team colored. Yeah. But the bullet takes a really like a, a second and a half to get to where the crosshairs are. So they were missing like crazy most of the time. Uh huh. Anyway... Whoever wins this initial face-off, and they had a few different games that would rotate through, and they were all some form of lame like this. Right. To be quite Can frank. I tell you about the one I saw? Yes, yeah. Okay. It was it had a line of from from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen on the right and left sides. Oh, was it the pong? It was one? pong. Yeah. It was pong is what it was. Um but this one is if it hit the speaker, the line of speakers, notes would be played. And so if they were messing up, the game sounded better, which I felt was a bad <laughs> right. incentive. Uh, I want to hear sweet tunes. Obviously. I don't now I don't care about winning this game. But it was absolutely pong. Um and it was also difficult because the ball wasn't a ball, it was sound waves. So it was very hard to right. follow with my Especially eyes. because the video technology at the time was was not great. So not great. Yeah. So Whoever had the most points at the end of this 30-second face-off won, I believe, like 25 points in the first round, mm -hmm. and control of the board. Whew. Now, the board is where things get really crazy. Right. And it's three stories tall. No. That it was is not. Cherry's Wild. That was a different game. Yes, that was la the last one that we This did. one's probably not even a story tall. No, I don't think it was. So, the board... It was a six by three square board. Okay. With... 18. Yes. 18 total squares. I saw, I saw you have that in your notes, though. I do. I, I do. Uh, um, I also Googled what six times 13. <laughs> six times 13. So, and on this board is Mikey, the video adventurer. And so this is another opportunity this is clearly a game that everybody's played right everybody knows this game no mikey the video adventurer is a made-up 
person for this show. Okay. So Mikey starts on one end of the board, basically, and there is a goal on the opposite side of the board. And throughout the game, the purpose is to gradually move him across these spaces to the goal. And Mikey can move up, down, left, or right, any way but diagonal, okay. as Fillmore clarifies for right. us. And so when you say goal, you mean he's dribbling a soccer ball? No, it's just a thing that says goal. And he's definitely never dribbling a soccer ball. Okay. There are several different boards available in different episodes okay. that are themed. Like there's a desert one. There's a neighborhood one. There's a jungle one. Mm-hmm. There's a water one. Like which what what do you remember what it was on the episode that you watched? Uh, it was a neighborhood and he was skateboarding. Okay, so the neighborhood and he's skateboarding. So on this board consist what they call the four P's. I loved this part. The four P's: points, puzzles, pop quizzes, and prizes. Love the alliteration. Yes, but in addition to the four P's, yeah. There is also an enemy that can be in a few of the spots on here. Okay, now we're talking. And the enemy is custom-tailored to the board also. Like in the desert one, it's a genie. I believe in the neighborhood one, it's like the neighborhood bully. It is the bully. But how is a genie a deterrent? A genie gives you three wishes. Not this one. He's bad. And Trust me. And why? Because it's spelled D-J-I-N-N-I in this one. Djinni. Oh, DJ. DJ Innie. Okay. <laughs> so it's like a guy. It's a guy who just has his shirt up above his belly button. <laughs> no, he's, just, he's got a shirt on, but it's a cut. It's just a circle cut out. Right where his belly button is. Oh, man. So basically through when you, when you earn control of the board, you can choose which direction to move Mikey in. Okay. And if you land on a prize, you get that prize and you retain control. If you land on the enemy, whether it be the genie, the uh, bully, etc., mm-hmm. you lose control of the board at that <sighs> point. And if there are, you know, these puzzles or pop quizzes, you uh, face off against the other team yeah. once again. Uh, generally, some of them will be video puzzles, which going yeah. back to your uh, remote control comparison, I think this is the one that is very similar to the way remote control worked. Mm-hmm. They would say, everybody put your hands on the bu- on your buzzers. And now we're going to play. Yes, good. Good work. Now we're going to play this video challenge. And it might be this music video Got all zibbled up by bad reception because that was a thing back in the day that you mm-hmm. had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to play the music video all zibbled up. And you have to identify what artist it is in the music video. Okay, Nirvana. Incorrect. It was MC Hammer. Ugh. On the episode or one of the episodes that I saw that they had that challenge. It was MC Hammer. Okay. Uh, one that I saw, it was like, we were watching TV and flipping through the channels and coincidentally, every channel was talking about the same person. Who was it? And then they would play a video of different quote-unquote channels, flipping through, giving little descriptions about a person. Okay. And then you had to buzz in and guess who it was. At which point you get some points. In the first round, I believe it was 25 points per. And uh, control of the board to move Mikey. Yeah. 
up, down, left, or right, not <clears throat> diagonal. Right. One of the other big things was um, the video challenge, which was if you moved your team onto a video challenge, you then went over to an arcade-type area where there were five arcade machines. Okay. And one person on your team selected a game to play. Okay. And there was a a high score that they had to beat in 30 seconds, basically. Right. And the other person on their team secretly, with one of those um, magnetic sketcher sketch type things. Like etch, not etch a sketch. Not etch a sketch. The one that had the pen with the magnet on the tip. It that had you the wrote. man's face and, and you, it had facial hair that you could. Right. And you could, you did the shoomp across the bottom to wipe yeah, it out. Right. Um, so the, the other person on your team wrote down a wager of how many points you were going to risk. So basically how confident they are in your skills right. is what this character... And, but this section, this is a section where they're playing video games that people right. know. Right, right. So the games, like Super Ghouls and Ghosts was on there. Um, Mario Brothers 3 was on there for at the very Sweet. beginning of the show. Um, there were like... Uh, there was a lot of beat-em-up type games that were popular at the time as well. So these were all real games and they were kind of promoting the games as well like uh phil moore would do a little like they'd be like uh i want to do super ghouls and ghosts and he'd be like all right so in super ghouls and ghosts you're fighting against the ghouls and ghosts that have come back to life and are trying to take over the town so he kind of gives like the the sales pitch summary overview of the game okay uh before you play it but and then i'll say and in this our expert high score is 2500 points in 30 seconds. And so you have to Dang. get points. And some of these people are just absolutely terrible at video games and seem to have no idea what they're doing. So I don't know why they're on a show called Nick Arcade. I bet they lied. Or their parents <laughs> lied yeah. to get oh, them yeah, on there. He plays like, video games all the time. He's going to be a star, obviously, yeah. and he'll be great and just get him on. Some of them were terrible. And then some, like this one kid, uh, he was playing the games and then his teammate was wagering. And then she wagered five points. Keep in mind, it's 25 points for each correct question, and she wagered five points, which was a good wager because he failed. Okay. Uh, it turned out. There you but, go. But I thought it was funny that she wagered five points. They were talking before the show, and he was like, I'm so glad we get to play really cool arcade games. And she goes, what's your favorite? And he was like, a billiards. And she was like, okay, I'm, I'm not billiards. wagering any more than five points for this idiot. You're, you're worth five points max. Yeah. Your life is. Wow. And so you would, you would play that, you would go back, you would retain control, you would move Mikey, etc. I would say probably the majority, a little more than half of them, resulted in some sort of head-to-head competition between the two teams where you could buzz in and then obviously you get the points. You can steal control from the other team, mm-hmm. uh, control of Mikey. And then the round ended when you got Mikey to the goal. And I say that because that's the rules were. The round ended when you got Mikey to the goal. Right. The reality was they, every fucking time, ran out of time in the round before anybody got Mikey to the goal. And so it ended with them, we're going to move Mikey to the goal and ask you one trivia question uh, for control or for 25 points and to win the round. Yep. And I watched multiple episodes... And in every single round of every single episode, this happened. 
Nobody, and even one time, Mikey was one step away from the goal. <laughs> so the team that had control, all they had to do was say, right. And they would have won. Yeah. But they said, oh, time's up. We're going to move Mikey to the goal. And I was like, that's kind of bullshit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what What do you think happens when Mikey gets to the goal that they were so nervous about these kids? <laughs> he comes to life. Like Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. He comes out of the board. Oh, like the ring girl. Yeah. Looking like a really awful 2D animated sprite <laughs> that he was. Okay. Uh, and he does kill children. That's kind of his thing. So that's so that's why. So it was a good thing that nobody ever right, got to the exa- goal. Exactly. Thanks, Fillmore, not Bill yeah. Moore. Fillmore was uh, was in charge of all that. So they did that for one round. They did the same thing, except the points were doubled for the second round, and there was a face off to begin that round also with okay. the the team members that didn't participate in the face off in round one, and it it was they would also it was a slightly different board but with the same theme as the first one like a slightly different area of the neighborhood or in the the first one might be the desert and the second one is inside a pyramid uh okay something along those lines so that was generally how the game worked here's a note that i wrote that i just want to read to you sure uh verbatim this host is out of control out of oh because he's so hyper energetic yes yes he is very hyper energetic so there are like obviously there are points between rounds or when uh people are moving around like if you did a video challenge and the video challenge completes that was kind of on the other side of the stage as the podiums where the contestants were so they have Mm -hmm. to move back there and every time they did that there was like a little music track that would play it would be be like a doom 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 something along those lines yeah and Every single time something like that happened within the game, we would get Fillmore going, we'll go win back to the podium right now because they just won the game. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. He would interject with some little made up song that he's making up on the spot uh, in relation to what's going on within the game at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. And... He was, to your point, yeah, he was highly energetic. He was highly over the top. I know, obviously, he's trying to entertain the youths. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it was ridiculous. I agree a little bit. Okay. I do think that he was way over animated, for sure. And it actually annoyed me a little bit. But then I thought, this poor dude has to listen to this same damn tune <laughs> nine times every time he does this game show. For which 84 I assume, episodes. Right. So I, I got a little empathetic and I was like, man, I get it. Just make up whatever freaking... You want to hum to this one? You want to make this up? So I saw it more as a descent into madness. Oh, and so okay. I felt for him. I was like, I kind of know what you're going through. Working at American Eagle back in my mm-hmm. early college days, I had to listen to the same playlist over and over and over and it make it ruin the songs for me and it makes you go mad. So I should have in my day made fake lyrics up to the songs. What were some of the songs on that playlist? I mean, I don't remember them now. Oh, I just remember the feeling. Obviously it really affected you then. It did. Cause when it comes onto the radio, I pass out. Oh wow. And it's happened a couple times when I've been driving. <laughs> That's a bummer. So, 
I, 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 this did, I feel like, make me realize because going back to our contestants, the kids on this show, mm-hmm. they were much like what we've seen in some of the other children's game shows from the early 90s. I mean, specifically Double Dare. Double Dare or uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. I thought they were a little bit better than Double Dare. Okay. So they, again, are not particularly charismatic. These are kind of shy, nervous around 10 to 12 year old kids true uh you know that are not used to being up on stage with cameras pointed at them and people cheering and being put on the spot asking them all these questions and things like that and like not like some of the questions were not super easy for kids these age either let's dive into that (laughs) because i would love to talk about why the pop quiz questions were such as which Supreme Court justice did Clarence Thomas replace? Right. That's what I'm saying. Difficult questions for young kids. Thurgood Marshall. <laughs> there you and go. the kid knew it immediately. Well, because they did a black for black swap there, I guess. Excuse me? Thurgood Marshall was the first African-American Supreme Court justice. Had, did you, have you seen the trial that they put him on when he was... So, you remember the fun Brett Kavanaugh situation? Oh, you mean Clarence Thomas? Clarence Thomas. Yeah, they, the Anita Hill thing? Yes. Yeah. They also... So, that was in the news quite a bit. Propo- yeah, I know, but did you know anything about no. the Supreme Court when you were 10? No, no, definitely not. Yeah, me either. No, definitely not. I uh, would have said it's got uh, pepperoni, vegetables, <laughs> <laughs> ham. No, that's a Supreme Pizza. Right. Yeah. And what, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> so... The the other thing was, and every time there was a there was a pop quiz, there was a trivia question. Basically, every single time, they Phil would say, "All right, we've got a trivia question for you." And remember, Mikey's in the desert. He would every <laughs> single time before he asked it, because then he would see. And remember, Mikey's in the desert. All right, for twenty five <laughs> points, what's the capital city of Iraq? <laughs> God. And I mean, they got it. They got Baghdad. Really? Yes. I mean, Man, I guess this was kind of smart. during the Gulf War period. Who cares? <laughs> You're know, 10. You don't know what's going on in the world. You're thinking about, you know, when are my balls going to drop? Was that what you were thinking when you were 10? Probably. I don't know. I wasn't thinking about Clarence Thomas. And I definitely wasn't thinking about Black for Black Swap. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> That's... Sounds a lot worse uh, out, of, <laughs> out of context, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they had some difficult questions, which a lot of times they got right. Which leads me to believe that they were given a packet, maybe, Ooh. similar to... What show did we talk about? Are you about? smarter than a fifth grader? Right, so they were given, uh, you know, uh, maybe a well, study that is a, packet. That is a pretty big accusation there. Hey, Phil Moore. How about you come at me? How about you t- how about you prove me wrong? Prove me wrong that these kids weren't coached and knew Baghdad and know knew Thurgood Marshall. And and why did you remind us he was in the desert all the time? <laughs> I think the point was uh that the questions were themed around the area and then you go in. ahead and let me know how Supreme Court ties into a neighborhood. <laughs> Remember, Mikey's in the neighborhood. What's Supreme Court justice? <laughs> You know, he was uh, 
Clarence Thomas was from the neighborhood, so... He was just from the neighborhood? Yeah. I mean, everybody's kind of from a neighborhood. Right. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying. It falls under the category. Yeah. Uh, Can I do one more? I'd like to to bring it up. Just one more thing. Uh Speaking of questions, questions answered. I didn't really understand. I believe it was the second round. If there was a tiebreaker, Mm -hmm. a question was asked for the tiebreaker. They had just played a game, an arcade game. I don't know why they had to go back to their podium and answer a question as a tiebreaker. Shouldn't it be a, a video game, game a centric? Game right. Uh, because that takes 30 seconds to play the game and the time to move there and back. And we need more commercials for Fruit by the Foot. Ooh. How many feet could you eat? All of it. How is that not the, the phrase? How many feet can you eat? Dang. And then, uh, like, it's like, it's like, should we uh, go back in time and start an advertising agency to pitch fruit by the foot? Yeah. How many the, feet can you eat? And we also know how to target kids because, or, or manipulate kids because we could Obviously. be like, are you a baby? If you're a baby, <laughs> you can only eat four feet of <laughs> fruit by the foot. So these kids are just gorging themselves on fruit and by the foot. They've got to buy more. Right. Because nobody wants to be a baby. That's true. Wow. That's a good, that's a good strategy. If anybody, if Fruit by the Foot is out there listening and is looking to do some more marketing, yeah, I don't watch the channels that Fruit by the Foot advertises on anymore, right. so I don't know what your current campaign is. But if you use how many feet can you eat, yeah. just know you're getting a letter from our legal department. Right. Don't suck feet. Eat feet. That's another one for free. <laughs> you can use that one. No, don't use that one. Sorry, that's kink shaming. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with more. Okay. So... I want to go ahead right here and stop down for a second. Stop it down. Based on what we've just been talking about. And I would like to issue a formal apology to Mark Summers. Somebody that we've had a bit of a troubled history with. Mark, him and I, from Baker and I, we should have never called you a dumb bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Summers. So when we did our Double Dare episode, Mm -hmm. we talked about how the kids were uncharismatic and boring. Very much so. And that in the more modern type of shows, they use children that are, you know, somewhat aspiring actors or something like that, that are are much more charismatic and outgoing um, and maybe a little more engaging. Yes. I'd like to apologize. Because what Mark Summers, I think, has helped make me realize... And what in consistent viewing of some of these children's game shows has helped me realize is that when you were a 10-year-old kid, Mm -hmm. you were shy and nervous. I wasn't. Okay. I was loud and annoying. Okay. The majority of 10-year-old kids... Minority status, baby. (laughs) Especially... You should apply for some jobs and put that on there. Okay. Um, the, especially, you know, who are the target audience of this, who are going to be watching at home. These kids are going to be, if put into such a situation of having cameras and lights and audiences all staring at you, mm-hmm. you're going to be shy. You're going to be nervous. You're not going to really have a, a very comfortable way of dealing with that. So when you're watching that at home, I think... You can relate to that as a kid. Okay. I think now we live in a society where because of these modern Disney Channel shows, I think like 
from Hannah Montana on, basically. Um, Because of the kids that they're casting on the children's game shows now. Because of YouTube and TikTok and whatnot, you get all of this exposure of these really gregarious, outgoing children. Right. And that is our fourth word of the day, gregarious. Gregarious. And I think it sets like an impossible standard for these kids to live up to. I think that's why we've got more issues with depression mm-hmm. and things like that. Because you don't see people that are like you in any of this. And you think you have to be like that now. I have to be like this dumb little girl on TikTok or YouTube or whatever. That's what you to think? To fit in. That's what you think? I don't think that. Oh, okay. I think that other children 10 to 12 year old kids are seeing these kids and thinking that that everybody else is like this what's what's wrong with me or why can't i be like that or i need to be like that okay whereas i think back in the early 90s in these game shows in uh nick arcade in uh double dare etc etc okay i think they had real kids that are bashful that aren't super outgoing, that don't know how to deal with a camera being shoved into their face, Mm -hmm. which more kids can relate to. And now I think we're putting kids in a situation where they have to act a certain way in order to fit in, and I think it's bad for us. So you're saying what women and some men have dealt with throughout almost the entire modern era of advertising is similar to what kids are dealing with now in that the models used in advertising for both men and women are such unrealistic standards. Right. I just think it's more harmful for children because their brains are so dumb. Their brains are dumb. They don't know how to deal with the world yet. Right. I mean, it's hard for adults and we know the real meaning. We know advertising is fake, but still, you know, it's thrown in your face. And I think I've got to look like, you know, I think that my dad bod. Oh wait, hold on. That's the opposite point. Dad bods are accepted right. ugly bodies. Accepted ugly bodies. Right? Isn't that yeah, I a think poor description, yeah. but also I agree with you. But I'm saying we need I more think, boring kids out there. I don't. I love that these kids are just like cuz I don't want to watch another stupid fucking game show where kids look uh, they're bad. I don't want to see bad kids anymore. I want all the kids to be depressed. But you're not t- But <laughs> you okay? <laughs> But if they're if they're gregarious, I'll take a gregarious depressed kid over a healthy bashful kid any day. Right, but you're not ten years old. And also, don't send me your point. kids. I mean, I would rather watch that. <laughs> uh, if uh, come on down, show at gmail.com if you'd like to send in your gregarious ten year old. Yeah, I just think I I understand what Mark Summers was trying to say to us now. When he said, "They're Quote, just you guys don't, don't get, get it. it. They're just kids." Yeah, I think the fact that they're real kids speaks better to real kids, or speaks in a healthier way yeah. to real kids. I can see it. I mean, still from my from this side of the table, fuck you, uh, okay. Mark Summers. But wow. I understand. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. I love you, Mark Summers, from this side of the table. Wow. So. After the end of round two. Classic getting, right versus left. <laughs> getting 
getting back into the game. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's hit resume. After this episode of Crosstalk. Uh, <laughs> after the second round, the team with the most points was the winner. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about being the winner is you go into the video zone against the video game wizard. wizard. So this was basically... And this was an actual grand wizard from the KKK (laughs) that you had to play video games against. It was more acceptable back then. Those people were still running for Congress and whatnot. (laughs) Joe Biden was still friends with them. (laughs) So it was okay back then. So... This was basically all of our first exposure to VR, pretty much. Yeah. So the way that the video zone worked was... And and this is important on how the teams were, were made up. Okay. Because the teams were the red team and the yellow team yeah. in this game, you might have noticed. In the majority of these types of games, it was red team versus blue team. In Double Dare, it was red team versus blue team, etc. Okay. This team, it was red team versus uh, yellow team, which was interesting. But there's a reason for that. Because it was they were basically doing weatherman shit. With a blue screen? With a blue screen. Nice. So for the video zone, the kids were up against a blue screen, which was projected with a, a somewhat interactive video game background. And there were three levels. Uh, and you had 60 seconds mm-hmm. so to complete all three levels. So one of the Team members went for the first level. They had to complete whatever the mission was. Collect this many of this thing while avoiding the bat, the aliens, the monsters, etc. There were different levels. Yeah. Um, and then it went to the second level where the other contestant competed. And it was the same thing. Collect these things. Avoid these things. And if you press this thing, it'll kill all the bad things. Whatever. Yeah. And then the third level was the both of them together fighting against the wizard. And there were a few different types of video game wizard that mm-hmm. you could fight against in the last level, depending on the episode. Right, Grand was one of them. Yeah, there was like Krorg or something was one of them. It was, it was he, he had an ice level, whatever. Yeah. So. And the Grand Wizard was, just, I think his name was just Steve. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, David Duke made a cameo appearance. <laughs> So, and and then in that one, you had to, again, kind of grab these three orbs before you get killed by the wizard or whatever. And I think mm-hmm. you had five health points, and if at any point you got hit by too many of the evil guys whatever. in the level or whatever, uh, you had to start that level back over from the beginning. Okay. And you started it over with the amount of life force that you started the level with so if you get to level three with two out of five any if you lose two you got to start over and you're back to having two so it's difficult you don't want to lose any of your life force in those first couple levels or like this one that i watched you don't want to lose all of your life force repeatedly in the first level and never get past the first level (laughs) that would be a poor strategy the challenges and remember i called this quote some weatherman shit yes earlier is we are seeing the kid and the video right game world left. around them. Yeah. They are looking at a screen off camera to see where they are. And a lot of times, yes, they're getting their right and left confused mm-hmm. uh, because they have to go the opposite way of what they see themselves 
on the screen. Uh, they're not able to react in real time to this thing popping up in front of them because they look at the screen, they say, oh, I've gotta go left, and they start running left, and uh, oh, a monster pops up there, and oh, I wasn't looking at the screen because I was focused on running to where I knew I right. needed to because there are ladders to. I'm climbing up. Yeah, there are ladders. There was one where it, it, it kind of looked like um, the Rampage arcade game okay. where there were buildings and there's people on the roofs. And there, so there's like five of them, and these kids like this kid is like jumping up these things, and so he would see a person on top of one of them, and then he would jump on the complete wrong one because it was the opposite side yeah. of where he was jumping. That was the kid who just failed repeatedly and never got past the first level. So Thing, and things are happening so quickly in yep. this video game. It is, I mean, it's not like super sped up, but it's it's would be things that are hard if you were playing this as a video game. Right. That's how quickly these obstacles are flying at these kids. Right. And I'm pretty sure that it's basically just a person that is saying like, yep, he got that one, like yeah. pressing a button on a computer. Somewhere. Ooh, a bad guy hit him, take away a yep. life thing. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's a person on a blue screen and it's 1992, so they don't really have the kind of technology to make it truly interactive. Right. However, I will say, this is big. This is a first. Ooh. This was the first American show to intermix live action and animation via blue screen. Hell yeah. A, it was basically exclusively for Weatherman shit before this. Weatherman shit. Yeah. And now it was an interactive game. Never happened before. And here was here's my take on that mm -hmm. maybe just leave it as weathermanship and don't do this because it looked painful it was painful to watch this happen it was difficult did so did you see people beat it no i no. saw people here's what i saw which i enjoyed it which kind of is fucked up i saw these two kids try so hard for the first two levels and the third level approached and they ran up as fast as they could with anticipation. And it was like, rah, 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 game over. And the kid kept going. Oh, no. And Phil had to be like, oh, you guys almost had it, but time's up. Game's over. And and the game, and he had to say it louder. And the kid, you see the kid just turn around and just sulk down this ladder. <laughs> oh, no. And I was just like. So they ran out of time right as they got to the third level. Yes. Oh, uh, that's a bummer. Um, and it was just, it was hard to watch and fun to watch. It was a two <laughs> situation. But yeah, I mean, it's 60 seconds total. It's so not it's a lot. it's very fast paced. It's, it's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. No and, whammies. Yeah. And so the, the other thing was what I kind of enjoyed was seeing the prizes, especially on all of these early 90s yeah. shows. I love seeing what prizes kids especially are getting, mm -hmm. like their British Knights shoes was always like a prize that would that they might move mikey over on the board yeah and then one of the episodes that i watched the grand prize if they had completed the video zone mm -hmm. i loved it i i i went crazy for it because yeah. here's what they won if they won the chance to compete in a drawing challenge <laughs> <laughs> don't bring that up that hurts if they won the video zone these kids would have won a stay at the Holiday Inn in Key West. Okay. And for the length of their stay at the Holiday Inn. Free Wi-Fi. <laughs> nope. A Mitsubishi station wagon rental. 
<laughs> rental. A rental what? Mitsubishi station wagon and a stay at the Holiday Inn. So this show also had the same budget as Double Dare. $14 a day. <laughs> I thought wow. that was the funniest prize. I saw one and it was a croquet set. Nice. So I was trying to remember, was was that big? When we were kids, was croquet a popular sport? I mean, I don't know that it was a popular sport. It was a fun, long Backyard game? game? Yeah. Long game? I guess, okay. Uh, I mean, there was more kids doing outside shit back then, I feel like. So. I mean, I had I had a set of lawn darts, and okay. I, but I didn't even play that. And that seems way cooler didn't than they, croquet. Didn't they have croquet in Alice in Wonderland? That was maybe... Yeah, did they play with Made heads? Popular? I don't know. Right? What were the balls they were playing with? Yeah. It was really messed up. So, yeah, this this reminded me of what is now uh, much better. Oh, they were playing with <laughs> with flamingos. Oh, they yeah. They used the heads to hit the balls. So, the this reminded me of something that's called the Void VR. Are you familiar with it? No. So cool. So, so sick. So, so sick. I first did this a few years ago at Disney Springs in Orlando, Florida, coincidentally enough. Right. That it's basically a, a building that is set up and you put on a VR headset mm -hmm. and you put on like a, a backpack slash vest combo thing. Similar to like laser tag? Yes. Similar okay. to laser tag. And, but you're in VR and like, so the one I did in Orlando, it was a uh, Star Wars. And so you put it on and you look down and like you're a stormtrooper. Whoa. And it's a four person experience. So you and the three other people are all stormtroopers. Mm -hmm. And so you see them being stormtroopers as well. So no matter where you aim, your beams never go there. Exactly. You always miss. And you they set up this building to where you're walking around like the Death Star or whatever, and you know, you see walls and stuff like that, and there are actual walls. Like they set it up like kind of a, a maze a little bit or yeah. whatever. So anything and like there's it's oh you gotta press this button and you reach out and there's a, they actually have a button there. So you're actually feeling yourself press a button or like, oh, here's a cache of guns and like you reach over and they have like a laser tag type of gun that you're actually mm -hmm. picking up. So you're feeling the gun in your hand and you're seeing the Star Wars gun in yeah. the game. And there's a part where you like go down an elevator and you see like yourself going down an elevator and I think they're just like shaking the ground. Okay. Um, and you go out to this lava pit and there you feel the heat and everything. So it's really, really cool. So where's the heat coming from? The backpack? Or does No, that... I think the, in the environment. They have like okay. uh, he heaters. Like Got it. Some forced air heaters. So it's really cool. It, it's like... It's like if this was cool, if if the video zone was cool and it worked well. Yeah, it kind of sounds like almost similar to the D box experience. What's the D box experience? Isn't that the interactive interactive uh, chairs that you can sit in when you're watching a movie? Is that oh, not called D box? Oh, yeah, it might be. It might be. But uh, didn't you do one? one I time? did. Yeah, I went to a 4D movie theater in Manhattan, and the best part by far. Yeah. Like hypothetically. Let's say, going back to the beginning of the show, yeah. hypothetically, yeah. if I had taken like a 10 milligram edible sure. beforehand. Okay. Which and is two times, five times two. <laughs> wow, dude, you're getting really good at this. So so the the intro of it where they do like, you know, normally they do like the Dolby, oh, it sound is all around you Boing. sort of thing. Yep. 
for the 4D movie theater, they do a demo of the 4D. So you've got, you know, your 3D glasses on mm-hmm. and you're in a chair that moves around and it can poke you in the back and there's air that can blow on you and water that can spritz on you. And so it's like a a car chase scene, mm-hmm. kind of Fast and the Furious feeling or whatever. Hell yeah. But it's shot like you're going through this car chase scene and you're jumping over things and the water's splashing on you as you hit a puddle and all this stuff. And it was the coolest thing I've ever experienced. Like, yeah. I think like my face hurt from smiling <laughs> so much in that like 90 second demo at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then the movie that we saw that had just happened to be playing in 40 at the time was really lame. So it wasn't, oh. it was like one of those Annabelle movies. It was like Magnolia. <laughs> it was not uh, eyes wide shut. Yeah, I got it. So there was a I lot of spritzing all over your face. Uh, no, it was one of those Annabelle movies. The scary ones. Yeah. So what were the? Was it just like air? A lot of air blowing. And... There was some air blowing. There was some like, there were parts where like, the per the camera is like walking down a hallway slowly, and the chair is kind of like, rocked back and forth okay. slowly, like you were walking mm-hmm. uh, slowly. So there were a couple parts that were cool, but it really was not the best use of the medium. No, not at all. Uh, if you ask me. But it was just what was showing at the time when I was there. So we did it. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously, since 1992, our virtual reality technology has improved Oh yeah. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And this would probably be cooler today. Uh, well, maybe it wouldn't be cooler today because, like, I have a VR headset at home. So I play VR whenever I want to right now. Wow. Yeah. That's you're goddamn right. That's pretty cool. I, play, I do weatherman shit in my head whenever I oh want my to. God. Is what I'm saying. So, but the so I think the problem is it's too accessible now that me watching a video game where people do a VR challenge might not be as cool as it was in 1992 when it's like, oh my god, he's in the video game. That's insane. Yeah. Like, I remember before we did this show, like thinking like. Oh, I remember the show being so cool. I remember wanting to be in that video game. I remember there being like a magic carpet level in the video game where you were riding on this thing mm-hmm. and you had to go up and down and whatever. Because, uh, first of all, I was a dumb kid. I was one of those, you know, eight-year-old kids that was watching the sure. show. You got tricked into thinking you won a drawing contest. <laughs> okay, enough of that. <laughs> God, it hurts every time. <laughs> but I'm helping you. This is called immersion therapy. Oh, okay. And you just kind of you put people in situations where their brain is freaking out until their brain doesn't freak out. It's very simple therapy. Okay. So, yeah, so this this was very cool to me at the time. I didn't really understand the technology behind it obviously other than oh, this person's in a video game. That's so cool. Yeah. Um I didn't know about, you know, blue screens and whatnot really. So, so it was really cool to me. It was really exciting and fun. And I think the point I was making was I think now it wouldn't be that cool or exciting or fun because it would just be table stakes. I, I put on a headset and I hit things with a lightsaber to music beats right now, whenever I want to. That's pretty sick. So, so I think this is something that could have only existed at the time when this technology was raw and fresh and really drew you in. Yeah. Um, yeah, any, anything else you'd like to say about this show? Not enjoyable to watch. Okay. Not enjoyable to watch. Um, just, uh, and the kids I thought were a little more charismatic than Double Dare kids. I think in order to combat Fillmore's 
cocaine-like energy. <laughs> uh-huh. We needed kids who were just as uncharismatic as Double Dare. So these kids didn't hit the mark for me. I needed to watch like a desperate man try and wrangle in a little bit of personality. From you wanted me. to see him at the end of his rope a if, little more? If the kids were dead, I think that well, would have well that would have matched the energy of Fillmore. So a dead kid and Fillmore's energy would average out to Correct. a normal person energy. And I would want to watch that show. Okay. <laughs> dead kids and Fillmore. So I've read a little bit about Fillmore. Okay. Uh, he seems to have like kind of devoted his life to um, children's education type of pursuits. Okay. Um, like he he and his wife, I believe, in or around 2000, created an educational children's game show that was more of like a PBS style okay. of thing that was just all about the education and not about video games necessarily. Right. So every question was Supreme every question was course. about Thurgood Marshall, <laughs> okay, specifically, okay. So, <clears throat> I mean, he seems like he's a pretty good guy. Yeah, I don't think his stand-up comedy career took off the way he might have hoped. Well, here's the thing. Um, when you're an Im- in, in an emerging market such as computers in the 80s, don't leave that sector. <laughs> Stay in that sector and do stand-up comedy on the weekends. But then you'd never be able to be talked about on a podcast like this. This is not a good thing. Oh, no. This is not a good thing. Oh. You don't want to show up on this podcast because all we do is rip you and sip you. And I didn't have that last part thought about. So we don't <laughs> sip you, obviously, but something that's like. We don't suck your feet. We, we don't. <laughs> Whatever we do with your feet. Oh, man. I have some make it better. I'd love to hear it. Number one. Mm hmm. The camera should do a close-up shot on each of the kids' face when Fillmore tells them they've lost at the end of the game. <laughs> wow. Because just watching those kids have any energy, minuscule amounts of energy they had, drain from their faces was... It just it, it helps you realize you're not the only one that gets disappointed and hurt in this world. It's also, you know, happens to be these kids that I'm watching, and that makes me feel good. So you're back to my point about making these kids real to relate to at home. Sure. All right. Uh, second, the kids should be able to deliberate on the amount of points wagered. You don't like that it's the one person betting on the other? No, they should. I think be- I think it's kind of fun because it's like. Oh, she didn't trust him at all. She only bet five. I mean, like, that's messed she, up. Ooh, he really believed in her. He bet a hundred, you know. And then she lost. But he believed in her, and that's what matters. I think that's going to give her confidence for the future. Um, and then I think you should make all the pop quiz questions Supreme Court related. Because <laughs> <laughs> that I I laughed out loud when that question came up. I could not believe... How shocked were you when they got it right, though? You can't be any more shocked than the first part. Because you, if you were asked that question today as a 34-year-old man... Yeah. There's a 0% chance you're getting that correct, right? I mean, I don't think it's zero, but it's close. It's like 0.1. Okay. So zero. So there's a chance. (laughs) No, there's no chance. So there's a chance. There's no chance. (laughs) So and I probably would have mixed it up and said, like, Marshall Thurgood, and it would have been wrong. 
You're saying, uh, was it black for black? And then I would say, I'm dyslexic. And they would have to say, oh, he switched the words because that's what dyslexia (laughs) is. Those are my make it betters. Okay. Makes it better. Make it better. Make it better. Yeah. I mean, my only make it better uh, is make the technology better. (laughs) 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 Because it was so, it was so difficult watching these kids in the video zone. Like clearly looking at the camera off screen Uh and being like. Uh, 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 and then just go the wrong way. Right. Because they're confused by the camera off screen showing their positioning on the thing. Yeah. That was very, very difficult. What was more difficult for you to watch? Kids in the temple or kids in the video zone? I think kids in the video zone. Because kids in the temple, it's like, yeah, they're dumb and they don't know how to put together the silver monkey. But at least it's like a physical thing and they're just failing at it. Whereas with the video zone, it's... I, I sympathize with their inability to properly process. Like the weatherman has to be trained on pointing at the right spot. Like that's you know, yeah, you have to be a pro to do that stuff. And it's like, hey, ten-year-old kid, here's a helmet. Go on this blue screen and yeah. figure it out. Loved the helmets, by the way. They always need. A that's how I knew they were for sure climbing ladders when yeah. they showed up with helmets on, ready to yeah. go. But not blue, just to be clear. Right. They were yellow, yellow. or red, mm-hmm. because otherwise they would disappear. Which I would screen. love to see just a kid's face <laughs> like going through this. <laughs> All you see is just a very confused-looking face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Yeah, so I'll give this show, again, this is not targeted at me. Mm -hmm. This did not have the technology that we do now. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give it a 2.75 buzzers. 2.75? I mean, I'm going to go, how many justices are on the Supreme Court? Nine. I'm going to go nine buzzers. Nine out of two buzzers. (laughs) I'm going to go nine buzzers, uh, and that is a a tip of the hat to the Supreme Court. Thank you, Thurgood Marshall, if you're out there listening. Thank you very much for your service to the court. He's very dead. He is? Yeah. Uh, Okay. So nowadays, if they redid the show, they could ask which Supreme Court uh, Black for Black is now dead. All right, check us out on Instagram at Come On Down Show. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, come on down show at gmail.com. If you want to send us your 10 year old gregarious kids or anything of the sort, yeah. Uh, that's the first step. So until then, we will see you guys next week. Yeah, and make sure they're gregarious. I don't want none of your boring kids because I need to make money off your kid. Like, uh, like the people in the Suez Canal with the Hillary Clinton kids. What are they doing? They're, uh, they're smuggling the kids. For it to be sacrificed by Hillary Clinton. (laughs) You don't know about this? Is this from QAnon? Oh, yeah. Okay, well then, yeah. All right, see you guys next week. Bye.